When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi, this is Caroline East, and you're listening to Tobin Tonight. Welcome to Tobin Tonight, the podcast that the ratings are going through the roof. No, I mean, they're going the other way. They're going down the toilet. No. <laughs> Listen, it's like... <laughs> Everything is like that right now. Everybody is trying to figure out this new live stream thing. So it's all good. I like when we have acts on and it's like they don't get the humor right away. And they're like, it, our, our ratings going down the toilet. I'm like, I don't know. It's like, it's COVID. It's like, as long as someone's listening, like, you know, if someone's upstairs, like, Brian, I'm tuning in. I'm like, thanks, mom. Perfect. So tell me a little bit about to really start things off. Uh, I know that you just did a show with Rachel and Mallory. Uh, How did that go? That show was amazing. So that had been the first time that I had performed live in, I know it's a year and a half and it could have been two years to be quite honest with you, because I had been before everything shut down with the pandemic, I had been traveling and writing and a bunch of shows that I had lined up for a couple of months in advance, obviously got canceled because of the, of the pandemic. So that was, it was really, really cool. Carla Pilgrim was there as well. I was, I, I'm really anxious. I'm an extremely anxious person. If you didn't know that already. And I, struggled with being in front of an audience. I didn't know how to perform anymore. I was scared I was going to just flop, but it ended up being a, a wicked, a wicked experience. And the girls are all deadly. They're so great. <laughs> I like that. That's a very, that's a very Newfoundland term. There's going to be people like, what do you mean by deadly? Are they like, are they dead? Like what happened? It's like, no, it means like they were great. It was awesome. <laughs> that's right. um, I need a little, so I need like subtitles in the bottom. <laughs> oh no like that's the worst thing you could do we've actually so it's full disclosure we actually tried to put up an episode with subtitles and my mom was listening to it and she's like that is not even what you said and the subtitle is telling it's like uh. saying something completely different and i was like great no subtitles if someone wants no to know subtitles it, it's like, it I, is. <laughs> yeah it's like I, I have to go into like whoever creates the subtitles like listen i think I think you got the English language part down, but now you have to go to Newfoundland and then put in Newfoundland subtitles. So you get that part down. (laughs) And then then they come to Newfoundland. They're like, they don't pay me enough for this. I'm like, fair enough. (laughs) My manager came down from uh, from Toronto uh, last March, right before the pandemic. And a lot of times he'd be sitting at the table and he'd be like, "Mm mm-hmm. Sure. Yeah, yeah. I had no idea what people were saying at all. Yeah. <laughs> he'd whisper to me, he'd go, yeah. what, what did they just say? Like, oh, don't yeah. I, like explain, explain to me. <laughs> my, my favorite ones that I do when, so like I came home from Newfoundland because of the COVID, but yep. I'm usually up away in Ottawa. And you know, when you're playing soccer or ball hockey with your buddies, I, I just assumed that it was a normal thing. So we got girls <laughs> on our team and I'll be saying like, boys, come back and play defense. And then you get one that turns around like, you know, there's girls on this team too. I'm like, it's collective. It's everybody right. as in the end of everybody, you know, the BY <laughs> part. Yeah. Use that. Or if right. you're in soccer and someone is lost on the field and you're like, 
stay where you're at till I come where you're too. They're like, I don't know uh-huh. what you're saying, but I'm just going to stay here. And I'm like, exactly. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> you got it. But I thought it was really interesting because we've had Rachel and Mallory on for like the whole ECMA special. But yeah, I watched you tune in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, nice. I'm yeah. sure like you, you were more entertained by the guests than the host. The host was always like, I don't know why no, you're all course. here. No. <laughs> no, of course not. You were very entertaining. <laughs> yeah. Like I, I feel like doing that show and you said, I think you said it was about a year or two years since you mm-hmm. were performing. Like, did you have jitters? Were you nervous? Were you, again, there are people that you know. So I, I guess it's a little bit more comforting, but I feel like anytime, whether it's like 20 of your buddies on stage or just you alone, after a long kind of layoff, you got to be like, okay, do I have this? Am I comfortable? What are yeah. we doing? <laughs> I mean, for me, it wasn't so much about being on stage with those people because we've been doing live shows over Facebook and Instagram now for, yeah. for over a year. For me, it was more so... I was really anxious when the when the pandemic started. I shut down for about two or three months and I couldn't write. I couldn't perform. I was just, you know, watching TV, scared to death all day long. So for me, being in front of an audience for the first time in so long, I was really fixated on, oh, my God, there's literally people in the audience right now. Are they too close to me? Am I like, am I going to get all panicky? And like, it was all these weird thoughts yeah. that were going through my head beforehand. And I guess it took me a bit of song or two. No, definitely the first song to kind of like ease my nerves. But it was very, it was very humbling because I'm, I was back to like that first gig I ever played is what it felt like. And uh, I mean, the audience was incredible. They were understanding and my humor is always self-deprecating. So that was easy for me that day, but <laughs> it was, it was cool. It was a good experience, but it was weird though. I have to say so weird. I, yeah, and, I feel yeah. like, I feel like before you come on stage, if like, if you wanted to make it the big dramatic moment where it's like, okay, mm-hmm. it's like, she, you know, who's coming on the stage next. It's like, okay. <laughs> so what she wants you to do is everyone take out your mask, put on your gloves, yes. get your whole suit on. They're like, really? Oh, yeah, she yeah, oh, yeah. She owns the room. That's what I, I'd well, love I to do ever. that in a comedy sketch. <laughs> I came out with my, I was the only one on the stage. I walked out with my mask on and I had my hand sanitizer in one hand and my water in the other hand. And I came out and I sprayed my microphone and sprayed the person, like Mallory's microphone. And it was very weird. So weird. I felt like such a weirdo, but it was okay. Everybody understands my weirdness. It's not, yeah. it's not like, I wouldn't say I would be taking over a room where, but I would. But if I could get everyone to wear their masks, I would have been like, yeah, guys, you want to pop them on for me? Yeah, you would have. Yeah. yeah, I yeah, would have. Like, I could have. It's like, it's like you paid to see me. So now yeah. I tell you what to do. And then it's just a, like, okay. It's like weird, weird flex, but all right. I'd, but I'm, I mean, I'd be like real weird about it. I'd be like, guys, yeah. would you mind? Like, I, I don't want to trouble you, but yeah. would you mind like popping your mask on? Yeah. For- I feel like, I feel like the, the, it's a very, interesting kind of dynamic to do that because imagine going to like you know when the Anna sisters do like their christmas concert and everyone's yeah. like oh it's, it's great it's a wonderful time of year and then maureen or Teresa or karen <laughs> gets on and be like i know you guys are all here to see us but um do you mind just putting on your mask and they're like oh the ball's on them i think we're gonna put on our masks and you get C- Cecilia, like the mother in the eye, and it's like, you do what my daughters tell you. And you're like, all right. <laughs> it's, I think like, you know, the the, weird, the the way that shows are framed now, I think a lot of people are more open to, you know, the safety and they want to be safe too. So yeah. even, you know, last year, I, I think Christmas time, I did a Christmas show from Canadian Navy. So did the Inna sisters and a slew of other artists. And it was weird because there was no audience. So, you know, you're, you're playing to basically – 
an empty room minus the crew. So strange. It's so strange. But then the flip side of that, you finally get in front of an audience and it's still so strange because, oh my God, we're in front of an audience again. And it's trying to figure out the dichotomy of how, how to make things work and how to make sure the audience is comfortable and we're comfortable. And well, I'll tell you, but it was a really good show and I can't wait to do it again. (laughs) Now I I noticed on Instagram, which I think is really interesting because this is how we end up getting a lot of acts on this podcast. And it's weird because I think if we did this podcast in like the 90s to early 2000s, it'd be you wouldn't do this at all. But with Instagram, <laughs> they have sponsorships. You see yeah. videos. And you're like, oh, I like that song. And when I came across Monsters, and it's kind of, I guess, like, I don't know if you ever watched like How I Met Your Mother, where it's like Barney gives the whole backhanded <laughs> compliment. So I yeah, feel like this yeah. is going to be like a backhanded compliment. <laughs> but it's like. I look at the video. I like the illustrations. I'm like, man, like don't even bother putting out a music video. This is the music video itself. Like I don't <laughs> even want to hear. It's like, uh, Hey guys, I'm actually going to release a music video. I'm like, no, it's done. There it is. Um, but I like how, if you don't know, just say that if you're from Newfoundland or whatever, mm-hmm. like it doesn't sound Newfoundland. And I'm not saying that as a bad thing. We have great artists here, but to someone that's maybe in Calgary or in the States and they come across this, they'd be like, all right, interesting. I'll listen. Because sometimes yeah. all it takes is you to realize that an act is from so-and-so and you're like, all yeah, right, yeah. that's marginalized. Like, <laughs> you know, if I found out tomorrow, which is funny because we, we've had a band on called The Trebles. And from I, was like, I was like, yeah, I was like, great. But I thought they were originally from like the US until I did research and it didn't really bum me out so much. I was more excited. <laughs> but I yeah. know there will be people like, oh, wait, they're a Canadian band. Oh, Canadian band. It's like, no great canadian band so how, how do you feel when i guess when people come across that because i know monsters was the latest one that i've seen yep. but how has that feedback been for that video and that song so i think i mean it's been amazing that one's probably been um i've got messages from all over canada all over the world really about people thinking you know that song was written for them so they've all everybody's <laughs> gone through some sort of a situation where they've been the monster in somebody's story so it's cool. Like, you know, and again, I've got messages from Australia, Germany, all oh, over wow. the States. Yeah, it's been crazy. Like, you know, so it's it's good. It's good to know that my music is resonating all over the place. But I will also say that I think that's the new normal with all the musicians, you know, in Newfoundland and Canada. There's this new level of where you need to be. And you can now reach that level just from your home computer with all the crazy programs that, you know, that are available. And, you know, there's songwriting, co-writing going on over. Um, I could co-write with somebody in Nashville tomorrow just from my home, which is cool. I wanted to have that kind of like a big production, that big kind of sound on all the records and all the songs that I've written. So I'm glad to hear that you agree <laughs> and that it yeah. sounds like it could be otherworldly. So I, I do appreciate that. <laughs> yeah. Cause it's like, yeah. When I, cause sometimes when you come across these musics and I, I like it in the term of, like you said, you can do it from home. Like yeah. my, I, I, I feel like it's a good example. And hopefully if she does listen to these episodes, she doesn't take it the wrong way, but it's like, <laughs> the invention of like TikTok, like I'm not big on TikTok, but like I get where it's trendy. I get how it comes. Like I yeah. look at it and I think Robin Adelini for F-150, TikTok helped it. Like obviously she has all the talent mm-hmm. in the world, but it's like that became trendy on TikTok. Now, if you tried that same artist in like the 2000s and you don't have these apps, like you might get famous or you might get your talent, like you might get noticed, yeah. but it would mean- be really, really hard. See, so the problem with that whole thing is that everybody in the world right now has an attention span of about 
maybe 20 seconds. So what, true. That? So, I know. <laughs> Were you saying something? Yeah, what? what? But it's true, like about 20 seconds. And that's why TikTok is such a valuable I haven't mastered it, but it's such a valuable yeah. tool. And a lot of big names have come from TikTok. And it's just because they show the hook of their song, 30 seconds or 15 yeah. seconds. And then people are going in and digging in to see who they are. I'm old. I'm really old. I'm too old for TikTok, to be honest with you. And trying to figure it out is like trying to learn how to walk again, you know? So yeah. it makes it our job a little bit harder because we've got to be more, you know, kind of in your face in a different type of way. And um, for me, it's like those that cool video. I thought the idea was really sweet. I thought that little monster was adorable. And yeah, so it definitely caught people's attention. And the funny part of that song is it was the first song that I'd ever written and recorded with Rob Wells and Shoba in Toronto. I recorded that whole vocal and uh, in a little tiny closet in the the bottom of his house in the in the bottom of his house in the basement of his house it was a little tiny yeah. like maybe the size of a like a coat closet in your you know in your front porch and the sound that he got out of that was crazy and it was that's like a fun. two or three hundred dollar microphone so yeah. that's the other thing like you can create these big huge songs for you know basically in the terms of like, what oh, you have to pay for gear, nothing, you know, two, 300 bucks is, is not that much when you think about productions that are, you know, 30, 40, $50,000. So yeah, it's pretty That's, cool. I like, I like that your answer. It's like, it's like putting you in the bottom of the house. It's like, Oh, you mean your basement? Yeah, no, 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 no. You're no, going no, further no. down than that. It's like, you wait, you got it further <laughs> down in your basement. It's like, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. Like <laughs> under the basement, you, un, under the, under the house completely. You're like, I don't understand. I thought we were writing a song here today. We are. You just need to record your vocals. <laughs> Down in the bottom of the house. <laughs> I look at it in the standpoint of when you do see, you know, the Warner music or, yeah. you know, Sony music and then people are like, oh, I need to get signed by them. And it's like, yeah, that's still, you know, beneficial. But you do see a lot of acts that, again, just put in the money on Instagram or YouTube or yeah. wherever. And as soon as someone comes across it, that's how you're getting your interest. And to go by what you're saying, 20 seconds, like I look at it and there's time I'll watch stuff on YouTube. And then when an ad comes up and it's like, you can't skip this ad. I'm like, no, 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 it's just like I'm, I don't want to watch this like, video oh anymore. Oh my God, can I skip this ad? And then there's other yeah. times that's very rare, but it's like, you'll click on the music video you want to see. And the ad is that music video. And you're like, you, for some strange reason, rather than watch that whole ad, you're like, skip it. I want to watch it at my own time. I want to be able to control it. That's right. No, so, I, yeah. I do the same thing. It's often like, you know, more so on Facebook videos where I could be watching something and all of a sudden the commercial breaks in at like, I don't know, a minute or two in. I'm like, all right, check this. Even though yeah. the, the commercial might be five seconds, like, yeah, and I'm not interested. Yeah. And then I'll move on. It's like yeah. a 20 second, like it's like Instagram for me. It's you scroll, 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 and you come across yeah. things that you like. And it's beneficial to, I. it's really beneficial to the entertainment side of things. Like yeah. your comedians, your music. Cause if it, if you get it and it hooks with you, yeah. you're going to stay. Like, I love to think, even though I'm dead wrong, that when sometimes I stumble across music on Instagram, I'm like, did you hear about this act? It's like you can become like a hipster where it's like, oh, you never heard of them? It's like, I, oh, I knew about them what world are cool. you living in? <laughs> so, yeah, like I've stumbled across, I think it was like uh, the girl's name is Griff from like the UK because it was like Black Hole. There's uh, a band from Canada that I, it's very timely. They put it out because it was like the Friends reunion. And I think there's a song. It's like like 1999 and they reference friends oh. in that 
And I was like, oh, you guys are so good at marketing. It's like, who, who's your <laughs> label? It's like, oh, you don't have a label. <laughs> so yeah, it's, just, it's, it's just timely. And if they get you, they know they, they got you. And yeah. yeah, that's, I think that's how it came across with your video. Cause it came across timeline. I was like, I think more, I'm like you said, a lot of visual. So it's like uh, people like the video aspect. And when mm -hmm. I seen the video, I was like, Oh, I'm entertained. Why is this lady running? And I was like, yeah. oh, okay. And then I'm like, listen. And then after, I'm like, oh, you should be listening to the music. I'm like, oh man, I just, as a podcaster, me, I'm like, man, I like the illustrations. I like the drawing. But then when That's I went cool. back and I listened to the song, I was like, oh man, this is all, this is all dope. <laughs> I think it reminded me of Monsters Inc. So I don't know if that's an insult to you or not. No, I don't either. I was like, I was like, yeah, it was like the monster. It, it's like the colors, I guess, and the dynamic. I was like, man, this reminds me of Monsters Inc. But I love Monsters Inc. So it's, a, I, th I feel like take it as a compliment. <laughs> I'll take it as a compliment. It's all yeah. good. <laughs> yeah. But tell me, how did you get into music? Because I know we talked a little bit about the song monsters but take me way back to when you first said oh i can do this as a career or yeah i'm actually pretty good at this i um was a cover artist i didn't start singing until i was 16 and i was in a school play and in order to have the lead role i had to sing this like this section a couple of times so yeah. i was like okay shag it i'll do it after the play my music teacher uh, her name was Heather McDonald. Unfortunately, she's no longer with us. She wanted us to put myself and a couple of my classmates. She wanted us to put together a band for St. Patrick's Day. Where I'm from, uh, we have this big auction every St. Patrick's Day at the school to raise money. And they wanted me to, to put a band together for that. So that was called Ocean Sky. And that was when I was introduced to George Street. So I started playing on George Street at 16, going on 17 years old. We would have to get a waiver signed and our parents would have to give us a letter and oh, yeah. we needed a chaperone and between sets, we'd have to hide out somewhere where we weren't in the bar. So we like, I've been in broom closets. I've been in like laundry rooms, really some gross places just so we could play in these bars. Right. So I played downtown and George street in cover bands then from 16 until about 33. And I mean, I was playing like five, six nights a week. But I found at the last, you know, the, the end of my cover band career and I made great money at it. It was it was wonderful. And I went to school and did all those things you're supposed to do. And I found at the end of it with uh, with the gigs, I would be watching the televisions up that were hanging from the wall in the bars. I'd be watching like the football game or I'd get them to put friends on or something so I could read the subtitles while I was performing. And I knew at that point that uh, oh, you're not really fulfilled anymore, Caroline, like it's time. It's time to figure something out. I shortly, shortly after, well, I was still doing the cover thing, but I, I was hired with Music and L here in St. John's, and we did the Music and L Awards. And it was at that point out in Bonavista that I met Rob Wells, who was a producer of, of all the the songs that I released over the last few years. And he invited me to come to Toronto. And it was at that moment I kind of flipped my my vision of how my music career was going to look around. And I thought, yeah. well okay, maybe I can do this on my own. Maybe I can be a singer-songwriter. And yeah, I left the cover scene behind and I uh, went on to Toronto and I've lived up there for eight or 10 months. And then the pandemic started, I had to come back and it's all been pretty cool. And uh, this is my, this is my main gig now. I'm, you know, a full-time professional musician and I'm lucky I make a living. That's the rest is history. See what happens in the future. <laughs> do you find at times that, cause when you mentioned, of course, doing the cover acts and next minute, you're kind of, I guess not that it's not interesting, but it's like, okay, I've done what I can with this. So when you're yeah. doing solo and now I, I've got written down here, but it's like you had an ECMA indigenous artist of the year, yep. you had a music and country artist of the year. Like, 
does that kind of justify like, okay, yes, I've made the right career choice. Or like, it just puts something in your hat that says, okay, we're doing well. Like this isn't, I didn't bomb. I'm doing okay. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, for me, the main thing is that I'm able to to do this for a living. So I'm able to make an honest living and pay my bills and do the things that I want to do in my life. So by being a musician. So that to me is a win. All the, the award nominations and the awards that I've won, it's icing on the cake. It's pretty cool actually to be nominated. I've been nominated for a lot of awards and I've, I've won three, but it's really cool to be nominated and to, and to win, of course, because you feel like, like you said, like, okay, I am doing the right thing. What I decided, you know, the type of, the type of music I decided I was going to do is the right type of music. People are interested in what I have to say or what I have to sing about. And it just kind of keeps you going. It's also really cool, too, to see my peers like Mallory Johnson, Justin Fancy. I mean, there's a million Chris Ryan. There's a million of them here and everybody is succeeding. And it's also really cool to see that we're all each other's competition. There's no way around it. You know, there's the country. It's only small, small town. And we are. We're all each other's competition. But at the same time, we're all in each other's bands. We're all rooting for one another. We do what we can to get, you know, the other ahead. And it's pretty cool. I'm, I'm I couldn't be happier doing what I'm doing. So there's one quote that I think it's like Rachel's mom, uh, Hilda, mentioned to Rachel. And I love just kind of teasing with her because just to watch her face go like, you know, basically to match her hair color where it's like, like, don't, don't like, you know, don't burn out someone else's candle just to make yours shine brighter. And I was like, oh, I do it all the time. It's like, I don't care. And it's like just to joke at her and then like just to watch her face go from like, like, oh, why? Why do you even why did you go there? I'm like, you get what I'm going at. It's like, I'm just trying to roll you up. But I, I do like what you said, because, yes, there is an aspect of you're from newfoundland like you're all yeah. trying to make it and so yeah. there's got to be a sense of uh, competition for sure yeah. like there's competition and there's connections yeah. like let's put it this way if you don't have connections you're not getting places you got the yeah. right connections you got you're going places but yeah. i like the fact that you did say that it is competition in a sense that sure. was healthy it's not like you're like yeah oh you you're performing the same night i am i hope nothing no. happens to your car on the way there where <laughs> yeah yeah. So, but it, it's, it's healthy, but I like that example that you mentioned, of course, you're all in each other's yeah. and rooting for each other. But I have to ask, cause I did mention this in the ECMA special and I was mm-hmm. kind of interested that they all either dodged it. And I was like, I'm not going to pressure you too much on it. But like yeah. when you all are up for the same award and just say one of you wins it two or three years in a row, or is there a part of you that's like, Oh, like what do I have to do to kind of, take that like not take their spotlight but just like how do i go to that next level so that i get that recognition as well see i can't really answer that because i won (laughs) i won the award (laughs) that everybody wanted here in newfoundland two years in a row i I don't know i I felt that i feel your your answer is basically your answer is basically (laughs) just be me no (laughs) no well not really um but you know what me and mallory are for the uh, the country artist of the year for the ecmas two years ago three years ago and she ended up winning that award and honestly if i wasn't going to win the award there is not one single person in the world i would rather win it than mallory johnson we celebrated and we had the greatest night and this year, Justin Fancy won the Music and L uh, Country Award. Like, I'm stoked for him. I think it's great. But there are all these contests that go on throughout the year, right? So I'm in the yeah. Sirius XM, top of the country. There's stuff for Boots and Hearts. And then there's like a million things that go on. So I got this the Sirius XM gig. This year, Mallory's got the Boots and Hearts gig where she's competing to, to get like this really deadly showcase in uh, in Toronto at that big at that big festival they do. And then Justin got a bunch of things too. 
But like, it's so funny. It's just human nature. Cause when they get it, then you, well, I get it to know. Right. So I applied for the boots and hearts things, but I got to know, I got that generic, Oh, you know, we love you, but we're sorry. And oh, then I get those all the time. Oh, it's brutal. <laughs> and then Justin's the same thing. So he got a bunch of stuff and then I got the nose and Mallory got the nose. So it's hard. It's hard to hear no all the time. Yeah. And it's, it's easy to focus on the negative. That's again, human nature. It's easy to focus on the negativity and the nose, and rather than celebrate that big yes, like I'm in the Sirius XM top of the country. I've been doing this for a year and I could win $25,000 and a million things in Nashville. But I'm like, oh man, I got to know again today. So it's just, it's so funny how your mind works. I think it's interesting. Like, I, I really think that's a really good point that you made because yeah. it's like, you know, before doing this podcast, my background is media. So, like, applying yeah. for Rogers, Bell, Chorus, you name it. And it's like, yeah. I, I think it's like a quote from friends where it's kind of misinterpreted, but it's like, you're going to go mm -hmm. on like a hundred, you're going to apply for a hundred jobs before you get your, before you it's get so a job. True. And supposedly you're, you get like, before you find your dream job. But I was mm -hmm. like, okay, so I've applied for like 200, 250. Great. <laughs> you, where's my, where's my dream job. But when you get the yes, or when you get like, yeah, like let's do this interview, blah, blah, blah. You're like, okay, great. But the no always kind of outweighs that in a sense. Yeah. It does. It really does. I mean, I got to know yesterday or the day before from this thing that I really like it was a festival that I really wanted to do. Yeah. And I was so bummed about it because it was like it was perfect and it would have been a great time. Me being a dummy, I respond. I like reply to my manager. I just thought he forwarded it to me. I didn't think he included the festival's yeah. email address. And I was like, oh, another note add to the pile. Thumbs up in the, yeah. in the email. And then I looked at it and I went, oh, my God. Yeah. I just sent that to the entire, the entire <laughs> roster from this particular festival. Yeah, I was like, oh god damn it, that's terrible. You know what I mean? Like I look like such a sour grape type. Of, the worst. But yeah, yeah. anyway, everybody laughed and laughed, so it's all good. But man, it was just like <laughs> I went from so sad to like dread, going, oh my god, I yeah. sent it to everybody. <laughs> <laughs> To, to me, I've actually done that, but I haven't, uh, like, if you get one from Bell and Rogers and it's been like your 50th one, or I, I've actually yeah. probably contacted like CBC's president, <laughs> Bell's president. And like, there's a part of you that your friends are like, what are you doing? Like, you're making it worse. And, but there's yeah. also a part of me that's like, no, like, I want to know, like, why is it now the 50th one? And I, yeah. I feel like there's a way of that to basically, maybe it's not maybe wording it better would be great. But at the same point, it's like, you're just trying to show them like, I'm not saying no. And I'm happy you gave me a no. I'm showing you I'm passionate of being you like, learn. yeah, like, like why be like, tell me, tell me how I can get yeah. to the next step and telling like, it's not like you're saying like, fuck off. Like, tell me like, no. why didn't you, you're just basically like, okay, so you gave me a no for the third straight year for this job. So what exactly did I not do? What haven't I gone or yeah. need to get to get there and some people be like how dare you do that to a president I'm like no how dare i show them that i was passionate enough to yeah. be like this this is not cool with me anymore like tell me what i'm doing <laughs> i agree with you 100 percent. i feel um anytime that we apply i say we because I, I always use caroline east as like the collective yeah. team yeah. Yeah. people but when when you know you're applying for grants or you're applying for whatever things are to apply for when you inevitably get that. No, I'm always like, well, okay, cool. Can you please tell me what the jury said and what I need to work on or what they think I need to work on? So it's like a moment of learning, but it's also like, it's frustrating because I don't know. I had this one gig that I, or uh, one grant that was pretty substantial 
And I lost the grant by 0.4 of a, like 0.4 of a point. And it was, it just came right down to like personal preference of, you know, this one particular, this one particular jury member. And that stuff is hard. It's a hard pill to swallow, but I'd run like you. I'd rather know, like, tell me what I'm shagging up and I'll fix it, you know, cause I'm going to keep applying until I get it. <laughs> and uh, you might as well just tell me what I need to do so we can just get this out of the way kind of deal. That's how I feel. Yeah. As you do. <laughs> now I do, I do want to give you yeah. like a bit of a, a kind of a compliment here. Cause it's like, you know, <laughs> for an industry like music, entertainment, mm-hmm. even like podcasting, there has to be, and I think a lot of people deserve credit in that. And they probably don't get it outright because of people oh, like, yeah. I'm not, I'm not going to baby you with that. Like, why would I? But it's like getting a lot of no's. Like you have to learn mm-hmm. to take the no and either like chat, like, you know, either accept it and do something or like, how are you going to handle it? Like, I like in your mm-hmm. case, you're kind of like, okay, how do I get better? And like, yes, yeah. you do get the yeses. So it's like, maybe at one point they were no's and now they're yeses. So you're like, okay, we're breaking down walls. We're getting there. Yeah. But there's still so I many find- no's though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the no's still affect me. Like I still, and I'm sure they do you as well. I, there's times oh, yeah. when I'm just, man, I'll get a no. And I'm like, oh God, like what, why? There's no logical. And maybe there is a logical reason, but I don't see it. And it's just like, I get so hurt by them sometimes. There's times I just like sit down and just be a big baby and cry, cry for five or ten minutes, and then you go, okay, got to move on, got to try something else because there's not, there's no point wasting my time with that. It's a really good point because there's a lot of people that you see in overnight success, like, and you think it's overnight success, I should no, say, where yeah. like an artist comes out of nowhere, and like for me, I'm a '90s kid, so growing up. I didn't really get to know how the Backstreet Boys became famous or NSYNC. Mm-hmm. They were just on my TV. But then like you get your Bruno Mars, your Halsey's, Rihanna's, and you're like, yeah. man, you, you came out of nowhere. But then when you go into their backstory and you really dig, it's like, no, they didn't. Like they, that, rep, you, they were at small pubs too. And they were just yeah. got a break. And you're like, but one minute I didn't know you. And now I know you, but it's like, go talk to them. They'll tell you. It's true. It's so funny though. A lot of it now, like there's, there's different, the world is different now. With TikTok and Instagram. What are you? It's Instagram reels. Like it's, it's crazy. There's people who, you know, they're 14 and 15 years old and they've got a cool hook on their phone. And then they, they sing it like with, while they're hitting their, hit their hands on the table. And then all of a sudden they've gone viral and then they've got a record deal. And you're like, what? Are you kidding? Yeah. Are you kidding right now? I've been doing this for 30 years and this kid, whatever. I'm not bitter. It's fine. Everything's yeah. fine. Everything's fine. Yeah, it's fine. It's fine. It's all fine. It's fine. I want to get into a little bit of, if you don't mind, the indigenous yep. side of things, because sure. I, I like when, and it could be a different standpoint for you, but by the time your episode is aired, we've had Carrie Enerson on, which is like a Canadian curler. Mm-hmm. And she had recently come out and said, that she found out that she was indigenous and she gets sponsored by, um, I think it's like from Winnipeg or Manitoba. So there's like an indigenous sponsorship she has, but she's learning more about that. Like, yep. have you always known, was this something that was recent? No, I haven't always known, you know, this is always, um, I need to tread lightly with this, but, um, <laughs> cause it's a very, uh, sensitive yeah. subject to a lot of people. And rightfully so. Back when my grandmother was younger, and I, she's no longer with us, she died at 93, and that was five years ago. So we're looking at like a very long time ago. In Newfoundland and Labrador, and especially where I'm from and where my you know my father and my grandmother are from, it was kind of a secret. If you had Indigenous 
relatives or, you know, if, if that was a part of your culture, then that was, it was always kept a secret. I'm not going to speak as to why my grandmother may or may not yeah. have kept it a secret because I don't know. And she passed away without really even telling us anything about, about her side or to me specifically. I don't want to speak to the rest of my family, no, but for no, me, I, I, yeah, I never ever had a conversation with my grandmother about it, but my, my aunts on my father's side, they somehow uh, figured out that we had roots with the Mi'kmaq down in St. George's and which is down uh, central or sorry, it's in Western out in Cornerbrook area. They went, they took, I feel like it was years and went down through the family tree and they found, they found out a lot of information about our background and that we were, you know, there's a museum out there for the indigenous culture in St. George's. And my, my grandfather was heavily involved in my great grandfather's story was heavily involved in the community there. And he was indigenous and I've had great aunts and great, great aunts and great uncles and you name it, who are very prevalent people in the St. George's area. So we went through the family tree and figured it all out. That was about 10 years ago. So you can imagine my surprise when this little blonde haired, blue eyed girl figured out that I had roots in the indigenous culture here in Newfoundland and Labrador because it just didn't make sense to me, right? Like I had blonde hair, blue eyes, my, but my brother had dark hair. My father, he looks like he could be indigenous and, and it's just, but we didn't really think about it, right? And the more we dug into it, the more my aunts and, and my father went through the family tree, the more we found and it was, it was really cool. And I thought, I've always thought of it as a beautiful gift because the, the culture of the indigenous people here in Newfoundland, Labrador, and all across Canada, and all across the United States, all across the world is so beautiful. It's all very spiritual. It's very moving. A lot of the, the ceremonies that they do is very, very moving. And I'm so excited to be a part of it. So I just really dug in and, and tried to learn as much as I could and try to make some changes in Newfoundland, Labrador, because there's a lot of people here like me. There's a lot of people in Newfoundland, Labrador who have blonde hair and blue eyes and may or may not know that they have roots with the indigenous culture here. And they may be scared to say so because there's sometimes there's a lot of scrutiny when you uh, when you look like me and you you try to celebrate your culture. And I've, yeah. I've felt I felt that scrutiny here in Newfoundland, Labrador um, and, you know, through Canada, there's there's no two ways about it. But I feel like that's just lack of knowledge and understanding. So I've made it my, I don't know if this sounds like I'm trying to be something that I'm not, but I did, I made it my kind of like my goal to, you know, really grasp the, the culture, learn what I can, learn from the people that I can all across the province. I'm working with uh, the Aboriginal Family Center in Goose Bay, Labrador. Uh, we've got an orange ribbon campaign that I've just started. I want to raise money for them. They're in a $500,000 deficit. You know, they do breakfast clubs for the kids out there, for the indigenous kids, and they have family supports and they, they have the stuff that they do is unbelievable for the community. And I just want to celebrate that. I want to celebrate how beautiful the culture could be. And I also, I also want to make sure that people are aware of the hardships that the indigenous people throughout, you know, new land labrador and the world have gone through and more particularly you know recently that you know the the unbelievable news of the residential schools and the little bodies that have been found and that's that's my goal is to to keep raising awareness now i, I don't want to make it like again too controversial no. but i feel like at the no, same point like it's it's like no one's here telling me like brian don't even say that because this is the benefit of having your own podcast um but <laughs> it's like when you are mentioning a, a course like again i think you said like Blonde hair, blue eyes. Like, how would, mm -hmm. like, I feel like it's a very kind of stereotypical thing to say, but it's like when you think indigenous, you think mm -hmm. like, you know, the certain type of music, the certain type of uh, clothing. Yeah. And 
And it's kind of interesting to me, like it's, I guess it's kind of like a catch 22, depending on who you ask or, you know, their relationship with it. But mm-hmm. when I see someone like yourself, like a Carrie Enerson, where you're like kind of looking at the person, you're like, not to be mm-hmm. mean or outright be like dismissive, no, no. but you're like, you're, you're like, you're indigenous. Okay. Like, that's interesting. Like, and I feel like there's a part of you that's like, okay, you're getting rid of that stereotype in a sense. And like, when you see someone like yourself in music, when you mm-hmm. see like her and curling and just become more normalized, it's a little bit like, it's the same, I guess. And I hope people don't take it the wrong way, but like when you see, I guess like a black CEO or a black person working in an office, like at one point that was like, Oh my God, how can they do that? Like there was people that's like, no, but now it's almost yeah. like if someone came to me today and like, this is your new boss and they're black, it's or whatever. You're like, all right, cool. But there was a point in time where people were like, how, how did this happen? It's like, who cares? Yeah. No, I know. And it's, it's the thing, like, it's, it's sad that we're still struggling with that here. Um, and especially in Newfoundland Labrador, because our culture is so diverse. And, yeah. you know, the reason I have blonde hair and blue eyes is because, you know, the European settlers came over and they, you know, started families with the, the indigenous people that, uh, that lived here in, in, on the land before, long before us. I always want to be so careful with this because I, I, the last thing I'd ever want to do is, is disrespect or, or upset anybody. But I think Get that the culture, canceled. yeah, I don't want to do that. Um, the culture is so beautiful and it's so filled with traditions and, and whatnot that it's a sacred thing. And I respect that so much. And I don't, I understand that how, you know, they could, you know, people could worry that someone like myself is representing them or like, yeah, but I think, yeah. I think that it's a beautiful thing in a sense as well, because it really, it really lets Canada and especially Newfoundland and Labrador know that there are there are lots of people like me and I'm I'm here only to do good. I, again, I find it such a privilege and it's such an, an honor to be a part of the Indigenous culture. And I just want to learn. I, I don't know. I barely know anything about the culture. I'm learning the language. It's a very hard language, but it's also very beautiful. And I'm trying my best. And I just, you know, I want to, I want to make sure at the end of the day, I want to be a role model for my niece and nephew. I want them to be, I want them to know what their culture includes. And I just want, I think it's a beautiful thing that we, we all need to work together in that sense. And unfortunately, sometimes there's a lot of roadblocks, but I'm, I'm more than willing to to figure it out and, you know, get rid of the roadblocks for sure. My goal is that, you know, we really hear, I'm just going to speak on, on behalf of Newfoundland Labrador. I just really wish that we would really dig in and let people in the, every community be a part of or in learning what the culture consists of. I think now more than ever, it's so important to give Indigenous people the platform to, to teach because they've, you know, there's just been so much hardship and, it's 2021. It's time now for us all to work together. I think we can all work together as a human race, but we can still respect and and celebrate each individual culture, whether it's somebody yeah. who's indigenous or somebody who has a disability or somebody who's from Nigeria. We have all these people here in St. John's and all over Newfoundland. I think we should all, I really, and this is my goal, and it sounds like ridiculous to say sometimes, but my goal is that we all just learn to celebrate people and accept people for who they are and who they say they are and just figure it out. I think there's so much negativity in the world on a regular basis anyway with, you know, just the economy or whatever. Why not just take this one positive thing, which is diversity, and let us all learn from it and love each other no matter what. That's how I feel. It's quite a journey and I don't regret anything. And I've been really lucky. I've, I've traveled uh, to Winnipeg three times. I went to the indigenous music awards and um, 
I was nominated for four awards there, and it was probably some of the best a, memories. Did you get yeses? Did you get any yeses at that award? I got all no's at those awards. <laughs> I did. I didn't get a yes, <laughs> but I did have a lady come up to me who was she was an elder, and she looked at me, and you know we were uh, in this big. It was a big powwow type thing. It was beautiful. I was just watching and I was like, honestly, I was like a kid on Christmas morning, just eyes wide open, doe eyed, just looking at this amazing, like there's so many colors and sparkles and so many sounds. And it was probably one of the coolest things I've ever seen. But this elder came up to me and she was probably, I'm going to say eighties, mid, mid to mid to late eighties. And she said, all she said to me was, you don't belong here and walked away from me. And I was gutted. I was so gutted. I was like, oh man, what does she mean? And I just remember I started to cry and just try to really go to my allergies. Like I'm fine. But then it just turned into this like big sob session. And I just, I could barely catch my breath. And a gentleman who had invited me to this event, he came up and he said, my goodness, are you okay? Like what's going on? He he gave me a hug and I just cried and I cried and I cried. So dramatic again. I'm the most dramatic person (laughs) you've ever talked to. No, and finally, I when I, like, could, I, I feel like that's val- that's a valid reason <laughs> to get dramatic at that. <laughs> I just used to, I don't know. But anyway, I, I just, you know, I was crying. And when I could finally compose myself, I said to him, you know, this is what had happened. And this is what she had said to me. And I was like, you know, I, for like, for the first half hour I was here, you know, I felt like I belonged. I felt like I felt so welcomed. And then it was like this, you yeah. know, punch in the stomach where I was like, oh my God, not here too. Like, don't do this to but me. It, and that's it. Yeah. Like, I feel like it's on like both sides. I, I, I'm going to yeah. change topics there, obviously, but like, yeah. you know, as much as with anything, it's just not indigenous with anything in yeah. life. It's almost like I'll use disability for the example, but it's like, if I'm going into a meeting full of disability and you yeah. feel wanted and valued and you're like, I'm here because I want to learn more about you and yeah. you're the ones that are coming out. Just say if it was people with disability coming out in the media going like, no one cares about us. No one's paying attention you're like well i am i'm actually here but then you have someone in the room say no you don't belong here then it's almost like well what do you want me to do i'm here to try to help and you're basically telling me to get out so it's it comes on two two different sides sure in my situation i understand it i totally get it this is a very sacred event this is a very like you know i understand where she was coming from and and maybe maybe she's had i don't know i can't speak for her but i do understand where she's coming from everyone can relate to that where it's like, yeah. maybe you're not the best basketball player or hockey player and you win a championship and you're in the room <laughs> yeah. and it all takes is that little like asshole or bully that was on the team. That <laughs> yeah. Like, it's like, what did you contribute to the team? And it's like one minute you're at the hall yeah. time hikes. You're like, we just won, uh, I guess this, like say the Southern shore cup or the Calder cup or whatever. Yeah. And then all it takes is that comment to be like, Ugh. way to go. Way to drain me. You're right. I didn't yeah. do anything, but I felt a part of the team until you just made that comment to me. So yeah, I feel like it's words, relatable in any way. Yeah. And again, I'll finish this whole thing with saying like my, my goal, especially here in Newfoundland and Labrador, there's crows all around my house. It's freaking me out. There must, there must be a nest nearby. <laughs> my goal with the, with, you know, as be, you know, being considered an indigenous artist is just to bring awareness to Newfoundland and Labrador of the diversity of what indigenous culture is here. And I just want to learn. And I want to learn from everybody and anybody that I can learn from. I want to go to Goose Bay and I want to sit at the um, Aboriginal Family Center and I want to learn from those kids and those families. I want to hear their stories and then I want to tell them to everybody. That's my goal. And the same thing, you know, all across Newfoundland, if if I could, my goal last year was to, if the pandemic hadn't been in, in full force, I was going yeah. to travel across Newfoundland Labrador and stop into 
Con River and again in St. George's and then go to Goose Bay and Sheshashi and Black Tickle and just learn as much as I could and perform for, for everybody there. But of course the world had other plans, but that's my, I'll hopefully be able to do that next year. I want to learn and I want to get the word out there to Newfoundland Labrador that these people are, you know, they're here. New, like indigenous people are just as important as anybody else. And I actually, I would say right now it's so important in our, in our, country in our province to to really shine such a positive light on on those people and we've got to start making a difference we've got to start you know helping yeah uh, to to kind of close out the interview i want to have a bit of a fun game called around the world sure. now <laughs> it, it, it's, it's just basically a pun because on your last name east because we, we did the same thing with page where we said turning the page so i'm like man how can we be creative <laughs> with this stuff? what is the farthest place east that you've ever been I don't know. I don't even know what's east. Where is east? <laughs> to be honest with you. Uh, I have no idea. Like, you mean east in Newfoundland or like the world? Like in the, in the world or even in Newfoundland, whichever one that you can think of. I don't know. I haven't really been, I haven't been to that many places, really. My struggle is I'm really bad with geography. So I'm like, where is east? What's east? That, 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 that's fair. That's fair. That's I mean, my what's, answer. I, I don't know. What's, what's, What's the farthest place west that you think that you performed in Newfoundland mm. or Canada? I would say uh, Calgary for sure. Calgary, yeah, nice. I, yeah, I haven't been, I haven't really um, done much performing outside of Canada. Where would be a place around the world that you would like to perform? Oh my goodness, I would love to perform in Nashville. That's um, that's definitely up there. I'd love to perform at the Grand Old Opry on that stage one day. I'd love to do. Oh, what's the name of that theater in Toronto? I can't remember the name of it now. Anyway, there's a theater in Toronto I'd love to play at. And hmm, I think that's it, really. Grand Ole Opry would be the, or like, you know, the Royal Albert in, in the yeah. UK. That'd be deadly. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're definitely, <laughs> they're the top three. <laughs> yeah. Now, if you could live anywhere else besides Newfoundland, I feel like I know where this answer is going. And if you guess the right one, <laughs> I'm just going to like put my hand up. But it's... Anywhere else around the world that you could live besides Newfoundland, where would it be? I don't think you're going to know this one. I would, um, you're probably thinking I'm going to say Nashville, right? Yeah, that's what I was going yeah. for. Yeah. yeah. No, I'd like to live, honestly. I'm really like small town girl. I would like to live in, in Prince Edward Island. I love Prince Edward Island. Really? Yeah, okay. right in a little, yeah, I'd like to live right on the river. I, I was going to say if it was Newfoundland, <laughs> you'd be like, I want to live in Brigus. I'd be like, I wouldn't yeah. have never guessed that. <laughs> that's where I'm from. Like, where? Why? Why? <laughs> yeah, uh, that's where but, I'm from. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I want to live where I'm from. I'd be like, oh, that's fair. That's oh, fair. Okay, it's like if someone asks me, where do you want to live? I'm like, there's a part of me that's like, I grew up in the ghouls, so I like ghouls, but it's like, I like Ottawa too, but I think I always wanted to be in Toronto, but like living in Ottawa, I, I get it from the, the media standpoint, you want to be in Toronto, but there's a part of me that's like, why can't we make Ottawa a bit of a media hub? Like I like Ottawa. I it's like a big, small city still. You get the big city. I really like Ottawa. But it's, it's, it's like a small city vibe where it's like yep. Toronto is like crazy with everything where Ottawa's like, we're over here, man. If you just want to get away for a Hop weekend, over. we're here. Like, yeah, and I'm like, I, I'm I'm okay with this. <laughs> I loved Ottawa. I'm sorry, I love Toronto. I lived there for, I think it was like eight months, but I also hated it. I loved it because it was so busy and beautiful and there were all these cool things to do, but I yeah. hated it because it was busy and yeah. big. 
You know what I mean? Like it was just, yeah. I would be the person to go to Tim Hortons and go, hi, can I get a, a large, yeah. uh, a large tea with two fresh milk? And they'd be like, what, what do you mean? Yeah. Fresh yeah. milk? I'm like, yeah. Or call somebody love. No, that doesn't go over well in Toronto. Yeah. No, don't worry, dear. Don't worry, love. And someone from yeah. outside of Newfoundland be like, how many loves do your father have? I'm like, <laughs> My mom. And that's it. <laughs> but he's just being nice to that one on the phone. It's like, yeah. no, it's almost like to the point where it's like, no wonder Newfoundlanders are always flirting, blah, blah, blah. It's like, we're not flirting. We're, we're being, being nice. nice. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. You can imagine like, you know, I, I never experienced it up away, but I would love it if there was like a, a much cooler, suaver version of me up away that like you go and talk to every girl yeah. and they're like, this fellow over here is a flirt. Oh, tell me why he's a flirt. Then they explain it to a Newfoundlander. And it's like, yeah. man, you guys, you just, you're just eating that up. He <laughs> called you love. He yeah. called you darling. He called you dear. He was being nice. It's like, well, we think he's all hitting on us. It's like, no, he's not. He's over there no. playing hockey with his friends. He could care less <laughs> now what you were doing. <laughs> That's going to do it for this episode of Tobin Tonight. Our thanks to Carolina East for coming on to the show. Remember... You can find past, present, and future episodes on TobinTonight.com, Spotify, and iTunes. Follow us on Twitter, like us on Facebook, and leave a comment or two. For Tobin and myself, this is Jacob saying thank you for listening, and good night. You looking to make the most out of this life and optimize your personal wellness? Then check out the Natural Man podcast. Join me, host Mike C., as we explore all areas of human wellness, physical, mental, and emotional. Learn strategies to optimize your own well-being and be in the driver's seat of your own health. Remember, your doctor works for you. Learn biohacks, neurohacks, ways to improve sleep, and ways to optimize your body and your mind. Check us out on Apple, Spotify, the Fountain app, and at naturalmanpodcast.com. Hi, this is Candace Sampson, the voice behind What She Said. My show is your destination for stories that not only entertain, but also educate and empower. Every week, I spotlight strong female voices from across Canada, women who are changing the narrative and driving change. Don't miss out on these inspiring episodes. Subscribe on Apple, Spotify, and Amazon Music, or head over to whatshesaidtalk.com. What She Said can also be heard on blasttheradio.com. Mondays at 5 p.m. and Wednesdays at 7 p.m. That's BlastTheRadio.com. It's time to dive into the stories that truly matter. Another Sound Off Media Company podcast.